0: Hey there, hockey fans, you are listening to the latest episode of Bear Tracks, the podcast dedicated to covering your Orlando Solar Bears. I'm your host, Solar Bears play-by-play boys Jesse Liebman, giving you the latest up-to-date info on Orlando's professional hockey team along with the rest of the ECHL and the hockey world at large. Not a whole lot of updates from now to our previous episode as we are just into yet another week of this coronavirus pandemic. Many of you still staying at home. I know here in the state of Florida, they've started to open things up. Maybe a glimmer of optimism here heading into the summer months. But hopefully a return to normalcy sometime soon as they're trying to get the local businesses going again and chugging along. People returning to work still with the Solar Bears along with the rest of the Orlando Magic staff still in work from home mode. So here I am recording this latest episode, and it's giving me an opportunity to get some brevity here and talk a little shop. Uh, For the Solar Bears, some news this week as your Orlando Solar Bears are auctioning their game-worn purple jerseys from the 2019-20 season, the proceeds of which will go to the ECHL and Professional Hockey Players Association Play Relief Fund. This was a fund that was launched on April 1st as a means of helping support the ECHL players and their families in need of financial assistance after encountering some hardship following the cancellation of the season in mid-March. As many of you know, but for those of you who don't, ECHL players are paid on weekly salary increments, and with the season canceled, with about 10 games to go in the schedule for the Solar Bears, as an example, roughly uh, about three quarters of a month remaining in the regular season. That is some considerable uh, losses for some players, and especially with many of these players holding offseason jobs at ice rinks, uh, conducting camps or clinics, which of course have also been sidelined. That is a sizable dent in the wallets of ECHL players who are trying to make a living uh, playing the game that they love as long along with their families. So visit bidechl.app.link slash OSB auction today to log on, register, and place your bids on these game-worn purple Solar Bears jerseys. The auction opened on May 6th that afternoon and will continue to run until Saturday, May 16th at 8 p.m. You can download the ECHL Auctions app in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store for easier accessibility and to access this jersey auction. Separate from the Player Relief Fund, you can also support your local community as we have launched the COVID-19 Relief Bundle. This features a team-branded Solar Bears t-shirt and cloth face covering for $30, $30 that you can purchase for pre-order on the Solar Bears website, the net proceeds of which will go to Feeding Children Everywhere. Since 2010, Feeding Children Everywhere has distributed over 127 million meals to children and families in need. Help us and the folks at Feeding Children Everywhere break the cycle of hunger and hopelessness in our community. Learn more at feedingchildreneverywhere.com to see how you can help that great organization in our community you can also visit the orlando solar bears team shop orlandosolarbearshockey.com slash shop and purchase or rather pre-order your covid19 solar bears relief bundle today for $30 that gets you the team branded t-shirt and face covering you can also purchase those a la carte as well but one bundle gives you one t-shirt one face covering $30 net proceeds go to feeding children everywhere So some chill news a memo sent to team governors over the weekend from league leadership looking at the possibility of hosting the draft in early June. Now, although some media reports indicate that feedback from 28 of 31 NHL teams suggesting a preference to maintain the status quo of having the draft follow the conclusion of the 1920 season should they be able to resume play, um, it certainly would, as Bill Daly suggested in the memo that was sent to the NHL governors, that... A early June event would certainly be uplifting and a positive event to, to be staged for NHL fans who have been anxiously awaiting the return of their sport at the highest level. Uh, although at this point, as I said, 28 of 31 teams seeming to indicate a preference to maintain the status quo, you have to consider the fact that there are a number of NHL draft picks that are involved in trades, and those are... conditional draft picks if team a misses the playoffs or makes the playoffs if team b advances to a certain round uh, of the postseason uh, there's a, a variety of conditions that are tied up in those draft picks and certainly you don't want to see anyone left out in the cold and thus the probably the hesitancy of them to schedule the event in early june but i certainly wouldn't be opposed to it but I understand the reasoning behind it. Uh, Our guest today here on Bear Tracks joined the Solar Bears in the first few weeks of the 2019-20 season. A defenseman from the state of Florida grew up in the Fort Myers area and turned pro with the Maine Mariners last season for a handful of games after wrapping up a five-year career at the University of New Hampshire. Defenseman Rich Boyd joins us now on the Orlando Solar Bears podcast for this latest episode of Bear Tracks. All right, Rich, uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of Bear Tracks. Uh, how have you been holding up uh, these last several weeks uh, since the, the season was canceled? Where, where are you based out of? I, I know that uh, during the, the summer months, you tend to be normally up in the New England area, uh, but you're from Fort Myers originally. So where is home for you these days uh, in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic?
1: Yeah, so uh, after the season ended, I uh, drove down to uh, West Palm Beach, and I was there for about, uh, I'd say, a month with my parents. And then uh, about a week and a half ago, I made the trek back up to uh, the northeast into Boston.
0: So where where in Boston are you hanging out these days? What neighborhood are you in?
1: I'm just north of Boston in a town called Beverly, Mass.
0: Excellent. So what, uh, what's been kind of your routine like these, uh, these last several weeks? Uh, I imagine no, not any ice time. Uh, I know a number of players have kind of adapted uh, and converted their ice skates to roller skates. Uh, there are some popular companies and options out there, or they just have a pair of inline skates already. So are, are you doing any off-ice uh, hockey training, or are you just kind of taking it easy uh, as you wait for uh, things to kind of subside?
1: Well, definitely those uh, first couple weeks after the season ended, uh, I took my time and let my uh, body recover, and uh, let those couple weeks uh, really just took my time to myself, and then uh, you know kind of got back in the swing of things. So it's just like uh, doing workouts, sprints, uh, runs uh, on the bike, uh, the stationary bike, or whether it's out, just getting ten miles out. I sometimes I'll uh, beach down, to, uh, bike down to the beach. So it's uh, it's pretty good. So um, just slowly getting back into it. You know you don't want to get back into it too early because if you start working out early in the off season or too early, I guess because this is a different than usual situation, uh, you might get burned out towards the end. So it's just taking it lightly, and then you know once uh, June comes around, maybe start to ramp it up a little bit more. So.
0: Now, what's the the status like in the state of Massachusetts a, as a whole? I know down here in Florida, uh, the the local government has started to kind of relax things a little bit and, and kind of in an effort to open the economy. What's it like in in the Bay State?
1: Uh, it, it's basically it shut down till May eighteenth. Uh, you know, just your essential places are open, like it wasn't for for a while, just the gas stations, uh, grocery stores, and like home improvement stores, but other than that, it's uh, pretty quiet up here. So we still got another couple weeks of uh, laying low and staying inside.
0: Now you said you'd you had gone and visited your family in West Palm Beach. Uh, are you? Do you have any roommates currently? You by yourself? Do you have some other family or friends with you? Uh,
1: so I live with my uh, girlfriend up here, and so it's uh, it's nice having her and her family around. It's like my second family up here in the summertime. So it's uh, good to be around them. And uh, as a friend, uh, Chris LeBanc uh, lives about 20 minutes south of me, not even right in, right into Boston there. So uh, maybe once all this clears up, I'll be able to hang out with him.
0: Absolutely. So in the meantime, you're with your girlfriend and her family. What are you guys doing to kind of pass the time? You're doing a lot of cooking together. You're watching a lot of Netflix. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing to avoid getting cabin fever and going stir crazy? Yeah, absolutely.
1: We, uh, we do a lot of... Uh, Playing cards, Rummy 500. I'd like to say I'm the champ in the house right now, but uh, definitely a lot of card playing. Uh, the last couple of days it's been nice out, so we've been doing some work around the yard. Um, like I said, me and my girlfriend went for like a 10 mile bike ride the other day. Uh, you know, just trying to stay active as much as we can and uh, not try to go too crazy. Um, we just actually finished watching all the Star Wars, uh, it's kind of fitting today because it's May the 4th. Um, so it was a pretty good movie series.
0: Big Star Wars guy. So, what's the uh, the favorite uh, trilogy of yours? Uh, the the originals, the prequel trilogy, or the the recent three that have been put out in the last decade? I'd say that middle one with uh,
1: with um, when Anakin Skywalker, you see his story and how he became Darth Vader. That's definitely uh, probably my favorite three so far.
0: So you're a big prequel trilogy guy. All right, yeah. all right. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we, you and I are—we're kind of separated by a few years in age, but more or less that those movies came out right when we were kids, so that that would probably make sense. And they definitely did those movies for for our kind of demographic. So, uh, for me, I'm kind of an original trilogy guy for whatever reason, but you know, personal preference—it is what it is. So, um, you ever have a chance to make it to uh, Galaxy's Edge while you were here in Orlando this past season? If you were such hate, a big Star
1: Wars guy. I, I didn't. That's uh that's like a new that's a new uh, new park there. I've been to Disney growing up many times, and I was actually there last May about a year ago, and uh, I, it wasn't open yet. So definitely, once I get back to, uh, down to Orlando and things cool down and the parks open back up, I'm hoping to get over there and check it out for sure.
0: And of course, you 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 talked a little bit about going outside, getting outside in Massachusetts this this time of year as someone who who spent their college years in Boston, in the the heart of the North End. I got to say, this time of the year is absolutely perfect. It's a shame that people can't be a little bit more encouraged to be outside because that that weather, this time of year, it's perfect. It's just before it starts to really heat up in the summer and gets very muggy in Massachusetts. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine it's already humid uh, down here in Florida, and uh, I'm trying to deal with that. I go out for a run, and I'm just drenched within minutes. But uh, how, how is the weather up in Boston this time of year for you? Uh, it's been great I mean the last couple of weeks
1: was uh I, I've been here for about a week and a half two weeks now the first I'd say week was a little chilly probably in like the 40s fifties but uh this past weekend it was I think the low was like sixty two and it got up to like seventy five no humidity light breeze I mean kind of ask for better weather and it's just like that I think we only got maybe another two weeks of weather down in the fifties and I think we'll be uh in the sixties after that and getting into the, uh, the summer, summer fling there, so.
0: So, Rich, one of the, the things I wanted to ask you about, uh, a, a number of fans are already familiar with your background and your backstory, but for those that, that aren't, uh, earlier this past season, uh, you sat down with Steve Ruiz of the Orlando Sentinel uh, to talk a little bit about uh, your your battle with Crohn's disease. Uh, you were diagnosed uh, around, if I recall correctly, around 13, 14, uh, and once the, the that was diagnosed, uh, you and your family have taken the necessary steps, the practical steps to allow you to live as close to a normal life uh, for someone that would not necessarily have Crohn's disease. One of those big things is a a infusion that you get uh, about every six weeks, if I, if I'm on the nose there. Um, And during the season, there were times where you had to, to take time to do that. How has the coronavirus affected your ability to get your, your regularly scheduled uh, infusions for Crohn's disease? Yeah, you know, it's, uh,
1: it's, uh, I got a call from my doctor's office, kind of regarding the new procedures going about it. Um, You know, there's a lot more new precautions and safety measures when it uh, comes to going to the uh, infusion center and sitting down in the chair and getting the IV put in you. But um, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty, it was a little scary at first because when they were saying, Uh, It's only it only affects uh, older people or uh, people with immune compromised uh, immune systems, and that's kind of where I fall under with uh, the Crohn's there because the medicine I take is an immunosuppressant, which uh, lowers my immune system. So um, you know I had to be extra cautious in uh, you know how I was living my day to day life going forward. And, you know, making sure my hands aren't, you near know, my face and uh, stuff like that, you know, went and got new toothbrush just to make sure I got new, uh, I washed all my bedding, got new sheets. It's just little stuff I had to do to prepare to, uh, you know, get ready for this, uh, I guess, pandemic that we're in and just to make sure I'm as healthy and safe as I can be.
0: Now, as far as uh, your your scheduling, how has this been disrupted, or have you been prevented from being able to get an infusion? I would imagine that the amount of time that it's been, the season was canceled in in mid March uh, for the ECHL, and we're in the the first week, full week of May. Uh, right now, I would imagine at some point within that time frame would have been uh, an opportunity for you to get one of those infusions. Has has that become uh, difficult, or are you still on a reg- on that regular schedule? You're just taking a, little, a few more precautions as you go in.
1: Yeah, I know the doctor wanted to make sure that uh, we didn't ma- miss any uh, scheduled uh, infusion. So. You know, where I get it done is there in the Altamonte Springs at, a, on, uh, at like a cancer infusion center. So when you think about it, people with that height of risk of, uh, you know, even without this whole thing going on of catching diseases and how low their immune system is, you got to think maybe that place might be the cleanest place to be. But it's just the extra precautions like sitting in your car and waiting for them to call you up and uh going in to sit down in your chair and wait for the medicine and only so many they only schedule so many people a, a certain amount of time along those lines so you know they they definitely took extra precautions for not only me but all the other people in there um getting their medicine so
0: what's been maybe the 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 biggest adjustment that you've had to make uh personally as you've kind of tried to navigate all of this
1: you know i uh honestly I'd say just like everyone else, you know, making sure you're wearing – like every time you leave the – if you were to leave the house and go to a grocery store or anywhere, making sure you have a mask on, making sure you're, you know, you're trying to wash your hands as frequent as possible. But I think if, uh, you know, it's just a matter of doing the right things, like just not not touching your face, making sure you're washing your hands after touching anything, wiping down your phone and uh, the spots that you use all the time, like maybe the coffee table next year next to your couch in the living room or the, the remotes, you know, there's little things like that that you touch a lot that people might not think to, to wipe down all the time. You know, I think the phone's a huge one. Cause, you know, that's always up next to your ear if you're talking to someone and stuff like that. So it's just the little things you have to look out for.
0: You know, I, I had to, I had uh, Mike Digitano, our athletic trainer on as a guest a, a few episodes prior and uh, in, in talking with him, both within the context of the episode and away from the the, the phone call, uh, it's remarkable just how much our, our frontline uh, medical responders and the people working in the, the in our hospitals, in our doctors' offices, just how much of an uh, effort that they're putting in, and it, it, it's utterly mind blowing. I'm sure you're seeing it as someone that's actually going into these facilities uh, for for your treatments uh that you're kind of seeing firsthand uh wh- what's that experience like that you've been able to witness yeah i mean uh
1: i mean i can say from where i get my my stuff done at advent health i mean the people there have been you know awesome to me and i feel like to the people uh, going into these treatment centers uh for their infusions it's just like you know you see people like they go home and take off those masks and they have the bruises on like the the tops of their cheeks across their nose and you know it a lot of that stuff doesn't go unnoticed to people like uh, like me or people uh, who are sick and need the help. And I think, uh, you know, they are being real heroes and doing this. And, you know, they're risking a lot going to work every day and putting their families' lives on the line, not just themselves, because they have to go home and see their kids. And God forbid they were to catch something and bring it home, you know, so – they are really putting everything on the line to, to help other people. this is just such a selfless act. And I think uh, when all this is all said and done, um, it's just, uh, I think a lot of people will realize how crucial the medical side of things and what they, what they risked and what they did for everyone was uh, truly awesome.
0: Absolutely. And as we, Kind of transition things here a little bit. Uh, Obviously, Rich Boyd, uh, our guest here on Bear Tracks today. uh, Defenseman joined the team a couple of weeks into the 2019-20 season after making his pro debut with the Maine Mariners the season prior after a five-year career with the University of New Hampshire. Uh, Rich, uh, as far as going forward as a professional hockey player, certainly uh, we've heard these cliches of adjusting to the new normal, Uh, we are, we certainly live in a different world now than we did 30 seconds ago, let alone three months ago. Uh, as a hockey player, as a professional athlete, uh, what adjustments, uh, once you get back to the rink and back inside the locker room, whether it be here in Orlando or elsewhere, uh, in North America, what are some of the the precautions that you feel that you as players as a whole and you specifically may have to adjust, uh, uh, especially given, given your condition with Crohn's?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't put a lot of thought to it, but just off the top of my head, you know, going to uh, the rink every day, you know, you're touching the same stuff that 20, 30 other people are touching, you know, going into the, the training rooms, the touching the doorknobs, going into uh, the locker room and, and showering, using the sink and stuff like that. So, you know, you're going to have to be uh, a lot more cautious with. Just, uh, you know, washing your hands, uh, making sure you, like everyone's just got to do their part. You know, it's someone's can't be going in there and sneezing and or coughing into their hand and going and touching the sink knob and stuff like that. So I think it's the little things, you know, being on the bus and, uh, you know, bringing maybe some wipes on the bus wipe down your seat and just doing the right things. And I mean, everyone has to do their part as a, as a whole for, you know, the one individual to, to feel better and make everyone feel safer. At that time, but I mean, it's it's just something we're all going to have to adjust to. And I think uh, you know, going in, there'll be definitely set guidelines, I guarantee, by each team and uh, the um, athletic trainers along those lines. But I think it's just everyone's going to have to do their part, and you know, just use common sense. And I think that's the that's the biggest part, and I think uh, that we'll be all right.
0: And you were a sociology uh, major at the University of New Hampshire, if I recall correctly, in our conversations. Um, and certainly a lot of hockey players in the offseason, they adjust and transition if they're in the ECHL in particular to, to offseason jobs or internships, uh, wrapping up some stuff that they were working on in college, had, had everything been status quo with the way that the season would have normally uh, been intended to operate and end, uh, what would have been your, your off season plans or did you have anything lined up?
1: Yeah. You know, so I, uh, I come back up here to Boston and I work at a, uh, a really nice country club. I'm a bartender there in the, in the clubhouse at Turner Hill country club. And uh, you know, I would have just came back and uh, started working again as a bartender and, you know, you meet some really cool people uh, working there, um, some really influential people there. And, uh, you know, it was pretty cool to uh, get to know them and uh, know them on a personal level almost. So uh, that is on hold for now. Uh, probably have to wait till the 18th and when Massachusetts starts doing a soft opening. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully it starts to open up soon because I'm a big golfer. So I, hopefully the courses is open up soon. Before uh, anything else, you know, recreational wise.
0: Well, probably a good as time as any to remind our listeners uh, that the ECHL and Player Professional Hockey Players Association COVID nineteen Player Relief Fund is still ongoing. Uh, almost uh, to three hundred thousand dollars raised out of a target goal of seven hundred fifty thousand to support players and families that may have been affected by some financial hardship as a result. Of the sudden and unexpected cancellation of the 2019-20 season due to COVID-19, you can visit echl.com/slash. COVID-19 Relief Fund to make a contribution today and support players such as Rich and the rest of the Solar Bears and the rest of the players throughout the ECHL and their families that have been affected by this. Uh, Rich, uh, again, we've touched a lot on what you've been doing this past summer, but let's talk uh, or about this current summer, but let's talk about uh, the past season a little bit and talk a little hockey. Uh, so as I said earlier, you joined the Solar Bears a couple of weeks into the season, Uh by season's end you'd gotten into 38 games with the solar bears eight goals and four assists and 41 penalty minutes eight goals and four assists it's kind of the reverse of what you would expect out of a defenseman uh what led to you finding the back of the net uh, so frequently this year um you know it was just uh coming into uh
1: orlando i was just trying to uh as i played my game You know, just making a good first pass and getting shots on net. And uh, I ended up scoring in my second game out in uh, in Boise, Idaho, against a steelhead out there. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of trying to get pucks to the net and coach giving me the right opportunities. And uh, I think that's where um, I found some confidence. And I just started shooting the puck a little more and happened to find the back of the net.
0: More often than not, it seemed that you were paired with, uh, if memory serves correct, Kevin Lohan. This is, was a player that you saw a little bit uh, against in your college days, and you and I had had talked in prior interviews about your guys' familiarity and your friendship. How did you guys uh, connect? Did you feel playing on the same team this past season and playing on the same defensive pair for a good part
1: of it? You know, I think uh, me and Kevin played really well together, and uh, I think that's because you know we're. Uh, similar players in the sense that you know it's uh it's defense first for us and our only worries is trying to keep the puck you know out of uh out of our net and I think we do a good job of uh you know just playing the simple the simple game and making the right pass whether it's up, up right right to the first guy you see your first option or if it's off the glass and out. and uh you know when we're at the blue line offensively you know if you don't have a shot getting it low below the goal line and letting our forwards get to work and I think uh we play a really simple game and it kind of play well with each other so it's, it's nice playing with Kevin you know he's a uh, he's a big big mean uh, defenseman and uh, you know he always has my back out there and vice versa so it's, it's nice to know that you're playing with someone that uh, you know thinks the same way that you do uh, in the game.
0: Solar Bears uh, had their final game of the season it was a 3-1 win over the South Carolina Stingrays on the night of March 11th that was the night that the news broke throughout the NBA that a player Uh, with the Utah Jazz, had been diagnosed as positive for the novel coronavirus. Uh, And promptly, uh, the sporting world over the next 24 to 48 hours really came to a grinding halt, ultimately pausing the ECHL season before canceling uh, and making the decision to cancel the season that weekend. At the time, Rich, uh, the Solar Bears had gone through some uh, goaltending upheaval before finally that final game of the season, getting Clint Windsor back from the American Hockey League, and taking on arguably the best team in the league uh, and picking up a 5-1 win over the defending Kelly Cup champs, the Newfoundland Growlers, a few weekends prior. Uh, it seemed that the Solar Bears were starting to turn things around after uh, what some might say an inconsistent season. There were spurts of success, but then sometimes where the team would encounter some struggles. Where did you feel that the team was trending at that point following that 3-1 win over South Carolina on March the 11th?
1: Yeah, you know, I thought uh, we played a really good game there, and I think uh, we were going down to, I believe it was Port Myers that Saturday uh, to play the Everblades, and I thought, uh, you know, our, our, we were doing the little things right. You know, we were playing as a team, we were getting pucks, uh, you know, in and out, in and out of our the blue lines, you know, attacking their zone with speed, and I thought we were really kind of hitting the hitting the right uh, hitting the right page there, and it just happened. Uh, you know, season get canceled there. Kind of at the time we were really getting the groove on. You know, uh, kind of our back were a little bit against the wall there, uh, being a, a spot out of playoffs and not knowing what what was going to happen. And I was just, it was a tough pill to swallow. You know, every every kid wants to, or every guy in the in the room wants to make it to the playoffs and have a chance at uh, winning the the championship. So. I think uh you know for the guys returning it'll kind of be a little uh, reminder of what kind of team we are and uh that we can beat you know arguably one of the best teams in the league um, three to one and keep going forward like that I thought we I think I think we're a going to make a pretty good push there at the end of the year
0: he is Solar Bears defenseman Rich Boyd. Rich, thanks for joining us on this episode of Bear Tracks. Take care uh, the rest of the summer, and hopefully we'll see you in, uh, in September or October when training camp opens.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jesse.
0: A big thanks again to Rich Boyd for joining us on this week's episode of Bear Tracks. Again, you can help Rich and the rest of his fellow ECHL players By bidding on a Solar Bears purple jersey, that auction continuing to run from now until Saturday, May 16th at 8 p.m., visit bidechl.app.link slash osbauction today to place your bids. Download the ECHL Auctions app and potentially come away with a game-worn Solar Bears jersey. Maybe you get Rich Boyd's jersey. You can also contribute to the ECHL Player Relief Fund ECHL.com slash COVID-19 Relief Fund That's ECHL.com slash COVID-19 Relief Fund In addition to supporting ECHL players and their families you can also support families in the Orlando area that are dealing with the cycle of hunger and hopelessness And help try to break that cycle. You can purchase a Solar Bears COVID-19 relief bundle featuring a team-branded t-shirt and cloth face covering for $30. The net proceeds will go to Feeding Children Everywhere, which is dedicated to breaking that cycle of hunger and hopelessness within our Central Florida community. Some other things you can do just to kind of get through the monotony of this COVID-19 pandemic. Many of you still working at home, still sheltering in place we've got some hockey at home videos you can take a video of yourself or your children or another loved one living in your house if you have video of them scoring a goal from a prior hockey game or you're going to improvise maybe you get a tennis ball and a baseball bat but you still want to find a way to score some goals and have it look or feel as close to the real thing as possible i will be happy to contribute a voice over to that you can submit your videos to broadcast at orlando solar bears and i will be happy to do that on your behalf that has done it for the latest episode of bear tracks you can continue to follow us on social media on facebook.com slash orlando solar bears on twitter at orlando hockey and on instagram at solar bears hockey For all the fun updates and news that we've got for you over these next few weeks, we're about a little over a month and a half away from when the signing period can officially begin. Uh, And as we've discussed with both Rich Boyd and a number of prior guests that have joined us here on Bear Tracks over these past few weeks, wouldn't be at all shocking to see a few familiar faces on the roster next year those may not be announced come June 16th when player signings in the ECHL officially does open but certainly you have to imagine Solar Bears head coach and general manager Drake Barahowski and assistant coach Jared Stahl will be hard at work attempting to return much of a sizable core of this past season's roster and that should certainly bode well heading into the 2020-21 ECHL season. That'll do it for our latest episode, though, of Bear Tracks. Till next time, this is Solar Bears play-by-play voice Jesse Lieben signing off.